Welcome to another episode of FTU Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez. And yes, that was a special edition of um, the intro music of Sweet Home Alabama. And the reason for that is because today I am joined by my hero and my champion, my daughter, Ashley. And if you don't know, she attends the University of Alabama at Tuscaloosa. And uh, I wanted to have her on here um, this podcast is geared towards helping veterans and helping uh, just people in the community, right? Um, well, I may, I've, don't hide it that I had a drinking problem for well over a decade. And uh, through that all, my daughter uh, was here and I did the best I could to raise her um, just the way my parents raised me. And uh, she's come through that, hopefully unscathed. I know um, I was a little angry there for a few years and I know that her and her brother would text each other to see if I was uh, upset and so I apologize for that multiple times but I know there's no way I could ever truly say I'm sorry or ever make up for that Um, but she's my hero um, because she's a lot braver than I could ever hope to be and I see the strength and the kindness of her grandparents and so with that um Ashley, just um, how are you doing? How how's school going? Um, I'm doing well, and school uh, similarly. So I'm uh, doing hopefully as well as last semester. Well, you know, I I think I mentioned it on here where um, you know we all everyone you try to do your best, but you know we're looking for progress and not perfection. And I know I I get on you about your grades. Uh, there was that one semester I wasn't too happy. Um, not because I was disappointed in you, but because I don't want you to fall in the traps that I did. And uh, I joined the military because I didn't appreciate the opportunities that your grandparents uh, made for me, the sacrifices that they made for me. I was a spoiled little punk and I didn't realize it. And so I joined the military and it affected me physically and mentally. It's taken its toll. And uh, I said on here, uh, before that, um, getting through that, there were, there were small things. You know, my family was the main thing. There were other things, but the main main thing was my family. You, your brother. I know your brother isn't too happy with me right now, but uh, he was part of the reason why I was able to, um, why I would get up every morning, why I would still try to do the best I could, whether that was 100% of my potential or whether that was only... of my potential, I would give it 100% every day. Um, And it was hard. Um, But your grandparents did it for me. So what are you studying in school? I am studying, um, uh, my major is hospitality management. And all of my classes this semester are uh, classes required by that major. And so... Um, you know, I, I mentioned this multiple times that, you know, I want to, um, once I'm done with my goals here, uh, you know, I want to retire to Yap and I want to just live there and live the beach life and just lounge around in a hammock all day and uh, maybe go snorkeling. Um, but you're, you know, just starting your life. So w- what would you, what are you looking to do um, after college? Well, um, after I get my bachelor's degree, the plan is to go to um, 
uh, graduate school to get my master's degree, either in hospitality management or business administration. And then, of course, after that, uh, when I graduate, you know, hopefully get a job in that major um, and then, you know, do all the other life steps, like getting a car, finding a place, um, place to live, a job, all that. So I, so for those of you listening, I've told my daughter multiple times that she you know, had, there's a timetable for her that she has to do these, um, meet these marks, right? Go to college, get her bachelor's, get her master's. And then when she's done, she has a year left to, uh, that she can stay here. And then she has to move out because that should be enough time. And one of the reasons why she's going to the university of Alabama is because I wanted her to go to school out of state. Now I used the lie. I, this is what I told her is that um, I wanted her to go out of state so she could learn how to be an adult. Um, for those of you listening, uh, my daughter was an adult at five years old. Uh, this young lady wanted to, at five years old, wanted to go out to the bus stop by herself, get on the bus and go to school uh, with no parental supervision. And we allowed her to take the bus by herself, but a few times I would follow her just to make sure that she was okay. So I was never worried that she was going to know how to adult. Um, you know, I was 30 years old and still trying to figure out how to adult. Um, but she has never had that problem. We, I wanted her to go out of state because we had to learn how to live life without her. Because for since the day she was born, she was the focal point of our life. And for her to leave, that was going to be a big life adjustment for us. So for those people in the military, you know, so I don't know about anyone else, but I deployed 11 times. I missed easily six years of her life um, by the time she was 18. And then when she went off to college, I wasn't here. I was deployed, so I couldn't take her to college. Um, so I felt guilty, and I wanted to spend every second with her. But the bad part of that is we um, kind of suffocated her and didn't allow her as much freedom as she deserved because – I was felt guilty for being gone all the time that I wanted to spend as much time with her as possible. Even if she was just in the house, in the other room, that was fine. At least I was close to her. Um, so part of the reason was for her to get away from us so she could have freedom to do whatever she wanted to do. Trust my daughter completely. There's nobody on this planet I trust more. And I mean, nobody. Um, so we had to let her go, um, just so we could learn how to be not dependent on her anymore. So when I decided that I was going to run for political office, um, automatically there was only one name I, I thought of who I needed, I had to have on my committee. Um, if I wanted to be successful, I knew I needed to have my daughter help me. Um, because she's a champion. She's a winner. She always has been, and she always will be. Modest. Mo the most modest person I've ever met in my life, I've ever seen. Um, 
you know, in my military career, I was, um, but that was more because I wanted to fit in and I wanted to assimilate. I want to be part of the group. Now that I'm out, I'm, I'm not, I'm, you can say I'm cocky. I just know who I am. I know what I bring and I know my value. So I have no problem telling people I'm better than you and you know it. Um, I don't go out of my way to tell people that cause that's just rude, but that's the mentality I have. Um, so I can be successful. Yes, it is a little rude. I understand that. But I, there, once we retire from the military, there's no reason for us to hold back anymore. We, we've been part of this big major team for the majority of our life, um, sacrificing for the team, always, always the team, right? And, and it's usually what's our reward, time away from our, our families, um, poor mental health, poor physical health. Um, if you're lucky, you don't you retire and you don't have an addiction and you still have your family if you're, if you're lucky. Right. So I was lucky enough that I, I got out and you know, my physical health is going down the tubes. My mental health got that back straight. And uh, so now there's no reason for me to hold back. There's no reason for me to um, be shy or humble. Um, why for what um, I, I've done my part for my country. And now I'm going to do something for my community. And I want to run for the state assembly because we have a lot of people in this district who need assistance. And I've said it multiple times, right? Just like I said up for this podcast, no commercials ever, period. I don't care what you're selling. I don't want to be part of it. This podcast is for veterans by veterans. I'm not a nonprofit. There's, again, my board of directors is uh, me, it's my grandbaby, Lena, and Taco. I asked my daughter, but, you know, she has other things to do. She's a VIP and doesn't have time to be on this board. Um, So it's just us three. And the reason for that is because I want the total freedom to do what I want with this podcast so I can provide as much information and let uh, to our veteran brothers and sisters and to let all of them know that they're not alone, that they do matter. Okay. You have not been forgotten. And if you're able to reach out to some other veterans to help them out, uh, because they might not be as, they, they might, might not be as good off as you are. So if you have the opportunity, just check on, on your brothers and your sisters, cause they might need that help. Now back to uh, the district, right? We have a lot of young people who they don't know any better. They just think while well, they're born, you know, my parents didn't go to college. Um, they're working an honest job, but it doesn't pay very much. Um, and they just assume that that's the life that they have to live. And that's not the case. We owe it to them to provide them opportunities so they can live a better life. We owe it to the next generation. We, my parents sacrificed for me. Um, so I could live a better life. And I wasted that opportunity. Fortunately, I got my head out of my behind and uh, fixed myself. And now I try to provide that same opportunity to my children. While there are a lot of young people out there who just don't know any better. And my parents provided me an opportunity, but they didn't know anything about college. Again, my father had a sixth grade education from Mexico. My mother had a ninth grade education. What were they going to tell me about applying to college? Nothing, because they didn't know it was foreign to them. 
right? So if my parents were like that, I'm sure there are people in this district who just don't know anything about that. And the teachers can do, they're going to do the best job that they can, but they're swamped. So we as a community need to come together to help those people. We also owe it to our um, senior citizens to help them out, our veterans. We need to help them out, just the general public in this district. My campaign slogan is, together we can, dot, dot, dot. Now you fill in the rest. We can improve. We can live a better life. We can overcome. My idea for this district is, look, we're just better than everyone else. We know it and they know it. And it's time that we show it, all right, by helping each other out. Let's lift each other up and let's help each other. Now, I've gone on my little rant for a little bit, Ashley, but I I brought you on here because you're going to be my uh, director of communications because, you know, I'm 48, so I don't know what young people are interested in. So, um, one, could you tell me, first of all, um, because I use Facebook, right, but older people use that, like people my age use Facebook. Young people don't use that. I I have a Twitter account for my um, podcast, but I don't know if now that Elon Musk owns it, I don't know if young people are abandoning Twitter. Could you maybe tell me a little bit about what's important to young people in this district? Uh, yes. So, well, first of all, in regards to the uh, social media thing, um, it's correct that most young people don't really use Facebook nowadays, at least not for like a, a casual uh, social media experience. Um, Twitter definitely was like one of the bigger ones. And with the whole Elon Musk Musk situation, there are a few people who are abandoning abandoning ship, but there are more people in general who are just creating like backup accounts on like other social medias, uh, social media websites like Hive or Macedon, but those haven't really like, you know, popped off yet. Um, And then of course, Instagram is not as big as it once was, but that's also still like a bigger one that most people, most young people still use. Um, in regards to what's important to the young people nowadays, um, I wasn't really certain on um, what on state level, like we can affect. I tried to do a little bit of research to prepare, but I couldn't find the quite c- clear um, answers that I was looking for. But at least on a local level, um, for example, I think more like hubs of community would probably are a big thing for young people um, because most of the things, you know, to do around here, like cost like money and are like somewhat expensive and like most of the young kids nowadays are just hanging out in like the pocket the parking lot, like, you know, like around like midnight, late at night, and they're just hanging out with their friends or they're going to CVS and not necessarily like buying anything, but just looking around and all the shops there. So I think more like hubs of community that aren't necessarily focused on like spending. um, That's probably something that the youth would have more interest in. 
So what are you saying, like a community center or something or just some place for them to hang out? Yes. Okay. With a private business. So like when I was growing up, there was this place called the Arcade. Yeah. Um, But I don't think they would like to do that because, um, you know, Arcade, those were video games from the 1980s. And, you know, they're, I don't know if kids nowadays in this area would like, I, you would know more than I do. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I guess that would be an idea um, to give them something to do after school. Um, The reason why I bring this up is because uh, when I retired, there was this young man who was in my unit and uh, he was 20 years old and he was in the military and uh, he actually went to your high school. He went to Southview and he was already married and he had a baby. And the baby was already one. And that just, he was a senior when you were a sophomore. And that just blew my mind because this young man got his girlfriend pregnant. So he, he married her and then joined the army so they he could take care of his uh, family. But I, I was wondering if he had like any other opportunities. Did he think of anything else? Um, good on him for accepting responsibility and taking care of his family. I'm not questioning that. Um, my, I just was wondering if he had other opportunities. So did he look into, like you, since the time you were born, I, I've been telling you that you're going to go to college. You know, you're going to go whether you want it or not. Like If I have to enroll and we're going to take the same classes and I'll be right there next to you, you're going to go. And you didn't really have a choice. But how many parents um, in this district tell their kids that? Uh, my parents didn't know what college was, but they knew that it was important to go. So I, I still remember them saying, just go, keep going to school, going to school, get good grades, get good grades. And for whatever reason, I listened. Um, but so like in your school, do they talk about, when you were going to high school, did they talk about college? Did they talk about uh, vocational training? Um, because I remember having to ask you to tell, ask your guidance counselor for like any scholarship opportunities. Um, when I was going to, when I was in high school, they really didn't, they just kept telling us apply for financial aid, but that they never explained that what financial aid, that term is so broad. What does that mean? So I'm just curious. And again, I'm not knocking any of the teachers because I know they're tasked, they're underpaid and overworked. But did you get any information from teachers, guidance counselors, anybody like, hey, maybe college isn't for you because college isn't for everybody, but they should be told like, hey, you can maybe go learn a trade or maybe go take these civil service tests, you know, because you're in high school, you're in school for 12 years, 13 years, right? Mm-hmm. You should be able to go take a test and pass it or score score high enough so you can get a civil service job. Um, did did How did that go for you in high school, if any of that information was put out? Yeah, so in my high school, like, they didn't really um, talk about, like, trade jobs or anything like that. Uh, the main two avenues were either uh, going to college or joining um, the military or just not doing that probably getting like a part-time job. Um, I remember actually um, um, I didn't have to have a formal uh, graduation, 
But uh, for the previous class year, I performed uh, there as part of the orchestra. And I remember they had like a little section where they asked um, anybody who was planning to join the military after they graduated, they asked those people to stand up. And at least a a third of the students stood up. And I was surprised by that number. Um, I probably shouldn't have been because they did have an ROTC, um, you know, section at our school. But, you know, after all these years of you telling me, like, not to join the military and, you know, seeing, like, the negative effects it had, it it just really surprised me to see that. So I uh, know... And this is, again, not a comment on anybody of how people raise their children. I just know that I saw a lot of people, they would raise their children and they would, um, their kids would see them coming home in their uniform. And so then they would want to put on the uniform and they would want to play soldier and they saw their parents in the military. And that's fine. You know, that's how you want to raise your children. That's fine. But being in the military in our family is, that's not the norm, okay? Because my, your grandma's brother was in the Navy. I was in the military. And your two cousins were in the Air Force. And that's it. And so that's not very many people. And so if you're, if this is the first time you're listening to this episode, I've told my daughter over the years Um, Because she asked me one time, hey, dad, do you want me to join the military? And I told her that I would Tanya Harding her. But of course, she's too young. She didn't understand what that meant. So I told her I would shoot her in the kneecaps and make sure that she would never be able to join the military. Um, If you want to join the military, by all means, go right ahead. It's it's your life. You decide what you want to do. And my daughter, once she's done with her, her college, it's up to her. And I tell her right now, she is an adult. She does not have to listen to me. She can make her own choices. But you have to be willing to accept the consequences of your choices. So if you're going to mouth off and tell me I'm not doing that, okay, well, there's a door. There's a door. And, yes, I will cry when you leave. But sometimes that's just not how it has to go. Um, Fortunately, I know it's never going to come to that. Um, She might get frustrated with me. She might get frustrated with her mom. Um, but like I said, she has more patience than uh, both of us combined. Um, so I'm not worried about that. Um, as far as joining the military, I so I understand why they would join the military. Maybe their parents did it, but also because I'm sure their the instructors at JROTC were telling them that if you join the military, you can get money for college. You know, and and it is because I signed my GI Bill over to you, which is paying for. Uh, three years of Alabama. And now that I got my VA disability, um, we're going to apply for chapter 35 and that's going to help pay for your senior year and for your graduate degree. Um, Cause why not? If I'm, if I earn those rights then why not take advantage of it? It'd be foolish not to. Um, so yeah, I can understand why they would join the military. My, my concern is I, so where I worked at before there were, it's a section, they, they call it the S6. That's basically basically the communications hub, right? Where all the people who go in, they want to learn how to work on computers and radios. That's where they hang out, right? Um, we were talking one day and there was this young kid, um, about 20 years old, P- 
PFC E3 lower ranking, right? And that's fine because he had just come in. He'd been in maybe about 18 months. And we were talking about something. And I told him, it's like, you know that at any moment you could be called on to go fight in a war and you could be on anywhere in this planet getting shot at and blown up. And it's as if nobody had ever told him that before. Like the look of surprise on his face, like, what do you mean? Yes, where you work, this is not the traditional army. Traditional army, your information at 6.30 every day. And you don't go home until about 7 o'clock in the evening. Every day. And you're just doing crazy nonsense all the time, just getting ready for war. And you can get shot at. And guess what? I understand you work on computers. Nobody cares. Get out there and go fight the war. Because you're a soldier. And all soldiers have to know how to use their weapons. He didn't understand that. He's like, what do you, what, I, I come to work at nine and I leave at 4.30. You're a soldier, you're moron. You can get, you can be sent to war and you're going to have to fight. You don't want to fight, then I'll shoot you myself because you're going to help me fight or you're going to go down. Those are your two choices. And he it, like had never dawned on him. And I'd like to see that there, he was the only one in that shop that thought that way, but it, there were 10 of them and easily six of them had never heard that before. Like, why would we go to war? Uh, well, you're not going to stay back. Are you insane? <laughs> you don't get a choice. This isn't a vote. And I just don't know if our, if our young people are fully aware of what they can get into. And, you know, God bless them, more power to them. I'm not saying don't go. Um, if you want to join, join. It's your life. You're 18. You can make those decisions. You do what you want. Um, I just wonder if they're um, fully aware of the consequences. Um, because it sounds good, right? Everything sounds good. You know, um, retiring from the military and eating three candy bars a day sounded great. Until my blood sugar shot up and uh, I realized, hey, I'm pre-diabetic. I, I, I can't do that. I'm going to die here pretty soon. Well, maybe not pretty soon, but um, I'm sure in my lifespan if I if I kept doing that. So I had, had to just cut out the sweets and I miss them, but I don't want to die next year. Um, so I just wonder if they, if they fully understand their... Um, that choice that they're making. Because I came in when I was a little bit older. I came in when I was 25. So I, I, I knew what, what what could happen. Now, nobody, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say that, oh, man, I totally saw what was going to happen on September 11, 2001, because I didn't. I don't think anybody saw that one coming. Um, but what came after, I was mentally prepared for that, or at least going um, getting shot at and blown up. I don't think anything could, could ever prepare you for that. Um, so you you guys can't see this, um, but I talked to my daughter a couple of days ago telling her that we we're going to do a podcast and uh, just ask her to have some, she asked for talking points, right? This this is not scripted. You know, I don't like doing scripts. I've had multiple people ask, I've asked multiple people to be on here and they said, yes. It's like, just send me the script. It's like, script, what are you talking about? That That's, I, this is just, Two people having a conversation. That's it. 
Um, but she's my daughter. So I gave her the talking points and she showed up with her uh, pamphlet and it has a bunch of notes and she definitely came more prepared than I did. Cause uh, I didn't even have a uh, sweet home, Alabama uh, ready to go when we started. So that's why it was uh, halfway through before uh, you, before I even started recording. So you seem to have a lot of notes there. What else do you have on your, on there? Let's see. Um, it was mostly in regards to the uh, the state assembly and the campaign and what the youth might be interested in. Um, again, I wasn't uh, in the limited research that I did. I couldn't quite uh, gather if this was more on like a local level or like more on like the state level, as the name implies. Um, if it was more on the state level, then I know that the youth um, are leaning more towards like uh, more towards liberal in their like views. Like um, one of the big things uh, in recent times is like uh, reproductive rights. Perhaps mm-hmm. that's a big thing, um, and you know protections for the LGBT community. Um, especially, I know like the. Um, especially with the, the trans people, um, they're getting, like, I've noticed in the news, there's a lot more, um, you know, violence being targeted against them. So that's a big thing. And of course, uh, more- So when you say violence, is that violence here in North Carolina or violence throughout the United States? Throughout the United States. Because I'm focused just on North Carolina because that's where yes. we live. Mm-hmm. So you bring up very important- um, they're very good points. And just so everyone understands, I was raised Roman Catholic. So my personal views are against are, are against abortion because I believe all life is sacred. Now, I, I'm running as a Republican, so everyone knows. What does that mean? Again, like I said, I'm running as a Republican because... There's only two realistic choices that you can run as, Republican or Democrat. The incumbent is a Democrat, which means running against her in the primary, I probably wouldn't beat her in the primary. In the general election, I have a chance. But in primary, no, because the incumbent usually wins that. So it's in my best interest to run as a Republican. Now, if there was a third party, say, I don't know, the American party, I would run as the American party because my values lie kind of in between. I'm not an extremist on anything. Yes, I don't think abortion should be allowed unless, you know, if a woman is raped, um, you know, I, I think life is important, but it's hard for me to understand that because I don't think I will be raped. I have less of a chance of being raped. So that one I'm 50-50 on. You know, a young girl is molested by somebody. Yeah, like you can't have a 12-year-old having a child. That's insane. If the mother's life is in danger, yes. Now, what am I against? Uh, People who are not being responsible for their actions. If you're going out and you're getting pregnant multiple times and you're having multiple abortions, I I, I can't get on board with that. I I just can't. Now, if we're going to limit abortions, then we have to provide 
free, um, what is it? Healthcare, um, some sort of either the pill or the implants. So you don't get pregnant, right? Um, now, even with this discussion about abortion, I, uh, I don't understand why people are having unprotected sex because I would be more fearful of getting an STD than having a baby. Um, because you get syphilis and you don't catch it in time. You keep it going. Uh, you're going to go insane and then you're going to die. Come down with HIV. Yes, I know drugs have done wonders. There's, you know, these miracle drugs now. I still do not want to come down with HIV. General warts? No, thank you. I don't want to come down with any of these sexually transmitted diseases. No, thanks. So I don't understand why people are having unprotected sex. So we have to provide that to them free of cost. But I understand why people are saying, and I, I think there's just, this misunderstanding of what healthcare is. Um, having an abortion whenever you want it, I don't know if I would go as far as saying that that's healthcare. Um, I could be wrong, and I'm more than willing to listen to other people's ideas and opinions because I have my ideas, I have my opinions, but I could be wrong, right? And if I want to run for the state assembly and be the representative for this district, I represent the district, not just my personal beliefs. So it's important to get that one out because I know that one's a big one. And trans, there's some things that I think are, are just too important to go to the legislature. I think uh, there's some things that should just be put on the ballot and let the people vote. And wherever that ends up, you know, if so abortion, I think that's one um, I know the issue about the, the restrooms for, you know, on which restroom you could use. I don't think a select group of representatives and senators should decide on that. I think the state, the citizens of the state should go vote. Now, with that being said, when it's on the ballot, everyone needs to get up and go vote. You need to go vote because those are too important to leave up to just, you know, 10% of the population. That's my opinion. But what else do you have? And keep cutting you off. I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, there's also, you know, um, more regulated uh, gun control um, and also um, reformation of the police. And that's what I have. So gun control. So I see both sides of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you create a law, Criminals are, are committing crimes, correct? Mm-hmm. But they're already criminals. So if I create a law to say, hey, to make it harder to get a gun, would the criminals obey that law? No. Probably not. So something has to be done. What I don't know yet because I'm not in office and I haven't been put in that place. Creating another law I don't think will solve the issue. Um, so in Charlotte, in Greensboro, and I think in Greenville, they're dedicating more. They created these, um, they're like a community watch, but with a little bit more authority. So if there's an issue with somebody just trespassing or being a vagrant, just hanging out, 
then they call these basically they're basically they're citizen police officers, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't carry weapons, um, but they go out and they just try to de-escalate the issues that are there, right? So if there's somebody who is having a uh, who appears to be a mental health uh, patient who's having an issue, then they try to send these people out and maybe somebody uh, a mental health professional with them to de-escalate this. So then the police can address the more serious issues. Now, these are just pilot programs that just kicked off um, over the past few months. So I know there's not enough data yet to see if they're succeeding or not. My concern was uh, if somebody's just hanging out, how do you know if they're armed or not? So my concern was for these, the citizen officers of uh, maybe getting harmed um, because they don't have weapons. Um, So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But for me, I don't think, and I have to respect the Second Amendment. Um, For everybody out there knowing, um, we have, I own two guns. Um, They're locked up. Um, If anybody breaks into the house, uh, into our house, if anybody comes in here to threaten my family, I'm not going to use the guns. I'm going to use my bare hands and I'm going to rip the flesh from your face just to let everybody know if you come into my house and you break in, I'm not going to use any guns. I'm going to take care of you with my bare hands. <laughs> and that's not a threat. I'm just letting you know how it's going to go down. So I think that people should be able to defend themselves in their homes. And if they want to arm themselves with weapons, I think that's, they should be able to because it's in our constitution and I don't see that amendment going away anytime soon. Now, I also see what, what young people, it's important to them, right? So how many guns are, are reasonable? And I know people are going to be out there. I can own as many guns as I want. Yes, you're correct. But what's a reasonable amount? What's the limit? You know, I'm allowed to go buy uh, an assault rifle right now, right? I can go buy an AK 47. So where do I draw the limit? Can I go buy a, a tank? And go buy a JDAM and go buy a nuclear missile and buy a F-22. Like what's, where do we draw the line? I guess that's what needs to be identified. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I want to be the representative of the dis- this district. So I want to hear what the people of this district have to say. Um, that's part of the reason. One, I, I need your big brain to be on this committee to um, keep me grounded and not, you know, try to get carried away and try to do too much. Um, I value your opinion. You're much smarter than I am. And so what else do you have on there on your, on your big notepad? Mm, those were the main items, but I also have um, a re like repainted like street lines because mm-hmm. especially in like some parts of the city, like they're practically not even there. <laughs> um, and I know the few times that I've driven those especially messed me up. Um, and then also probably uh, better functioning or uh, less expensive uh, pub- public transportation. So, yes, public transportation is a big thing in this community. Um, but I don't know, you're saying less expensive public transportation? If we can. How much is a bus? I don't even know how much a bus is. It's been a few yeah. decades. I, I have to admit, I've taken the bus in, you know, when I uh, was deployed. Um, 
even though I wasn't supposed to. I wanted to just so I could see the insanity of that. And uh, But I haven't taken the bus in the United States in easily 30 years. Um, so I don't even know how much it is for the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't imagine it's too much. Now, when you say public transportation, are you just referring to the bus or? Uh, generally the bus, yes. Okay. Um, but I also know that... Um, that at least my friends and I, um, that like the idea of like a subway transportation system or like, you know, just a train transportation system that works well, um, is a very like interesting idea. And it sounds ideal, especially in the, like, um, in the different, you know, countries that I've seen it applied to, like the way that it like just works so well, seems very appealing. And if we had something even somewhat close to that would, you know, be a good thing. So, yeah, that one I totally understand. Um, but our District 45 is too small and too spread out that realistically providing a train system here, mm-hmm. it'd be cost ineffective. Um, it would just cost too much to, first of all, build it, and maintain it and not enough people would um, use it because because of the area where we live the majority of the people that would use it would probably if we didn't have school buses we'd probably be able to make money on it Mm -hmm. Um, and i'm not when i say we i'm not saying me i'm saying the community so we could keep it running Um, but the truth is that it just it would lose money Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing now, um, the bus system, that falls in at the, the city at the county level. So I want to work at the state level. But that's definitely something that needs to be addressed and looked into. So um, I'm not saying that your your ideas are not valid because they are. and Because I want to hear what um, young people have to say. Um, but in our district, um, the median uh, salary is $50,000. That's insane. That's low. And then only 25% of the people in this district have a college degree. And again, college degree doesn't mean anything. We have a lot of people here who are hardworking people. Um, But if they can get a little bit more training, then why not give them free training or training at a low cost? So, you know, another, what is it? Circle K is opening up down the road. Well, instead of what I would like to see is for our youth, instead of working at Circle K, maybe being a manager there and then learning how to operate it. And then they can open up their own Circle K and own it. I don't know if they can franchise it, but at least learn, gain the skills that they have there while they're going to school, learn how to run a business, go to school, get a degree in business or something, and then open their own small business so they can do something and not have to rely on, well, hey, I can get a job at the gas station. Which, again, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think we owe it to them to provide them a little bit more. And for our senior citizens and our veteran brothers and sisters, it's like we have a large population of veterans here, and they need assistance. Um, There are a lot of us that are broken down. I say I'm broken down, but I'm a lot better than uh, some of our brothers and our sisters. I can still move. I can still function. I'm good to go. I 
just shouldn't be jumping out of airplanes anymore or wearing body armor or rucksack or doing any of that nonsense anymore. But I can still live a full life. But we have some of our brothers and sisters are, who are just, they're seized up, man. They're, their body's just broken down and they need our assistance. And so I ask you if you have the time um, just to reach out, you know, join a VFW American Legion, go check them out. You don't have to join, just check them out. And if you don't like that post, you can go to another post and see how, because not all two posts are going to be the same and just see if you can help uh, anyone out. So we're about the, at the 45 minute mark now. Um, we always do uh, shout outs and if you want to promote anything. So is there anything that you'd like to promote? Mm, let's see. I'll promote uh, two things. Um, let's see. Um, there's my friend on uh, Instagram. She doesn't post that often, but she does like artwork, and sometimes she'll post her artwork there. Um, I'm pretty sure her um, on Instagram, by the way. Um, I think it's Pixel Lotus, exactly the word pixel and the word lotus together. Um, so there's that. And then, of course, uh, the show that I've been most interested uh, recently that I got into about like two years ago, maybe. Um, is Critical Role. It is a D&D &D, uh, live show. All the people on it are uh, voice actors. And like each episode is at least three hours. And I know that seems a lot when you haven't gotten into the show. And I certainly thought that way at first. But like once I started really, really getting into it, I was like, when the episodes were only three hours, I like, man, it's a short episode this week. So Anybody who likes D&D &D or maybe wants to try out something new, um, you know, that's something new to try out. You might enjoy it. Okay. Uh, so I'd like to promote my uh, good buddy, uh, Eddie. Uh, we were in Charlie 97th together. Charlie, uh, Eddie just says it's Charlie Company, but he's um, – because we were Charlie 97th and then Charlie 98th. He remembers it at Charlie 96, but he wasn't. It was Alpha 96 until the 97th stood up and then it split to Charlie 97th and Alpha 96. So it was never a Southcom Charlie 96, but that's neither here nor there, right? That's just nitpicking. Uh, but anyway, Eddie uh, sent me this, right? Uh, so he lives out in Wilmington and what they're doing for, you know, they're doing that mustache for November where you grow your mustache out. And uh, so out in Wilmington, they're calling it mustaches for kids in Wilmington, North Carolina. And they started a GoFundMe. They're trying to raise uh, $1,000 right now. They have about $20 raised. So if you can, uh, before November 30th, if you can go on GoFundMe and just search 17th years of growing M4K-ILM. Again, that's 17th. That's 17th years, Y-E-A-R-S, of growing M4K-ILM. And you'll go straight to that uh, the GoFundMe. Um, the organizer is Dan Osturbo, Don, Don Osturbo. And, uh, again, that's mustaches for kids in Wilmington, North Carolina. It's for a good cause. So if you can donate, you know, maybe you can only donate $5. 
you know, but let's, let's help them out. Cause you know, this is uh, veterans trying to help out the community. So why not? As soon as I uh, hang up here or I'm going to donate a little, a little bit of money to this myself. Um, any, do you have any shout outs? No. You don't want to shout out any of your friends? Well, I shouted out my one friend. Okay. Shout out whoever you want. Uh, I don't think they'll see this, but, you know, I'll dedicate this episode to my friends Iris, Jasmine, Alana, and Michaela. Uh, Iris and Jasmine I've known since elementary school. Um, I've known Iris specifically uh, for so long that I can't even remember the first time that we met, uh, although she, uh, she t- tells it to me sometimes. And Alana and Michaela, I met towards the beginning of high school, and they all mean the world to me. Okay, well, there you go. And for me, I just want to shout out my sisters, um, Maria, Alicia, Gloria, and of course, Barb. Barb's up in heaven with my parents now. Um, I miss her every day. So um, with that, just remember um, you are special. You have um, something to offer. Um, just identify what makes you special and maximize that to the, your, to the fullest. All right. Take care of your physical health and your mental health. Um, this is our Thanksgiving Day um, special. So I hope you all have a very pleasant uh, and happy Thanksgiving. And as always, zot, 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 and roll tide. Roll tide.